The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. What's up, man? Hello, everybody. I'm here in West Texas, where the only thing soft in West Texas is cotton. Thank you, Coach Perry, for that nugget that he was probably dying dying to drop in episode one of the brand. I've caught up with the brand. We can talk about that a little bit later. Actually, there's there's not a ton to talk about. It's good, man. Yeah. Because you know what we do have to talk about? We got a lot of baseball to talk about. <sighs> so much baseball. None of it makes sense to me. <laughs> no. No, a lot of people have legit beefs right now. I mean, Texas Tech's not necessarily one of them, but I'm I'm not going to cape up for other people, but like, I'm kind of sure. I'm not going to put on a purple Jersey or anything. TCU and Oklahoma got hosed. Our boys in Fort Worth just got, man, they got meteored. It's awful. Notre Dame probably got hosed. Yeah. uh, Well, okay. Now that we can, which we'll talk about when we we talk about about our regional preview. Sure. I just I, all roads to Omaha lead through Austin, man. I'll tell you what, just you can't you can't drive to Nebraska unless you go through Austin. You got to go through there first. I'm trying to decide if that's your McConaughey. No, no, I don't think I. I haven't perfected the McConaughey. I haven't perfected any of my impressions, but I do them anyway. I need to work on Tadlock again. It's been a work in progress for what are we? What episodes this Spencer? Two hundred seventy something episodes. Two seventy nine. Two seven niner. And he was he was well established when we started. So. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot to to work with. I've just uh, I, I've neglected it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not good at it, but I still like to do it. <laughs> you all know you can follow us online on Twitter at twenty three personnel, and can follow me Spencer at punts suck and Michael at Michael underscore lbk you can also catch us live over on ColorCast every tuesday night it is the live audio only sports talk platform free to download to use talk to us other fans athletes and insiders in real time perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns reacting to breaking news and catching your favorite podcast do their show live we are here every tuesday night 8 30 9 30 start time well, it was supposed to be 8.30 when we had this new setup, and now it's like 9.30. Either way, all you need to do to join us is download the ColorCast app on the iOS app store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and follow us at 23Personnel. We'll be going live, like I said, Tuesday nights. Come with your spiciest takes. Michael. Yes. I, it's baseball. Really, nothing but baseball tonight. I, I'm. I just there's. 
befuddlement. Yes. Exas- no, I wouldn't say exasperated. Eh. There, there's some frustration on how you played, Texas Tech played. Oh, that? And you finished the season. Yes. Okay. I'm with you now. Then there was the, then there was the selection show this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I was driving when it happened, so I guess it was Monday morning 11 when yes. the regions were filled. The, the sites were selected on Saturday. It was Saturday or Sunday. I don't remember, but yeah, the sites were announced previously and everyone was already up in arms on that. Well, because it like, so, okay, no, we'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> None of it makes sense. Save it for the podcast. None of it makes sense. So let's talk some baseball um, and get you ready for the regional. Let's start for Tech Tech on Friday. it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young looks it to right field, looking for a second home run, and he's got it into his own bullpen. Perhaps and some time because all the teams are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes, and the pitch is driven high deep to right. I don't know if you can start packing for Omaha just yet. You got to get throughout your regional, which according to some, you have no chance. You have very little chance. Yes. Although the ignorant baseball fan of me, Michael would say that Georgia Southern may be the worst team in the regional, (laughs) but they're hosting it. How can they be the worst team? They've won like 40 some, some games. They won 40. Yeah. Which conference they play in Michael. Um. Yeah. The. Uh huh. Is it the Atlantic? Ten. The <laughs> Atlantic Coastal Sky. It, it. The big. The big Atlantic Sky. Gulf. Gulf Coast Atlantic Sky Conference. Gulf Coast Shrimp Conference. I really don't know. Sun Belt. Oh, of course, Sun Belt. The Fun Belt. Because that's where uh, who who else is in the Sun Belt? Is that where the uh, like the Raging Cajuns, Coastal Carolina, Coastal Carolina? Yeah. Okay, Fun Belt. Yeah, I'm with you now. We're having fun now. So um, best best team, best team by far of the regional that they're we, hosting. That's how you feel. No. But, but they're ranked number one. They're part of the Sun Belt. Yeah. Um, you know what? What's your your what you your prize for winning this regional, Michael? The joy to go to where Knoxville, Tennessee, yes. to take on the number one seed. If you were to make it out of the, the Georgia Southern region, which some yeah. people say you have no chance, they're saying that the Georgia Southern Eagles, without any statistical advantages over anybody in this regional, has a whopping two to one odds against anybody else in the field in the regional. 
based, been, I guess, on the being the one seed. They've been playing really well lately. Against the fun belt. <laughs> like, okay, so there's the, there was this great stats stats o war chart, which we'll be right referencing a lot once we get to our, our preview. And one of the things they talk about is how hot the team has been the last 60 days, which is more than just being hot, I would say. This is just being the pretty good. good. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Second half of your season. Being good during the majority of your conference play? Sure. So, Georgia Southern having a plus whatever run differential over the last 60 days, like... Well, yeah, they played nobody. They have a high RPI, which I think we, we've cast some doubt into that system when we talked about TCU and Texas A&M willy-nilly, which I don't know, that's a stupid phrase, but just at will, canceling games to protect their RPI. How'd, how'd that work out for TCU? Funny, they got matched up with Texas A&M. That is kind of funny. Regional. They're going to be so salty. That actually may be a really fun region. Yes. I will, I will watch be. from afar and be like, hey. yeah, I have a, no matter who, who loses. I have an Aggie friend of mine and we just randomly Why? email each. <laughs> we randomly email each other here and there when, when news happens or, or something. So I asked him about that regional and he was like, yeah, he said, TCU is going to be pretty salty. I said, yeah, they are because they feel like they should be hosting one. And I said, and we're also kind of in the same boat as tech fans with Notre Dame, but, Still, it's it's not it's not like vitriolic or something. I do think that you know just, there's just some a little bit of blood there between TCU and A and M. I think that's going to be an exciting regional, and that was one that you mentioned last week when you were talking to me about you looking at projections and College Station. If you know if Tech had ended up there, I forgot who else was projected to go there. Possibly like Texas State or mm-hmm. somebody else. So. That and was then, one of the most fun, and it's still a, still a really fun regional, but it obviously didn't shake out like. Uh, you know, the projections had had done, but I mean, it's still good with who do we have here? I had it pulled up and then I just completely lost it. It was. Oh, I'm trying to look for the. Oh, here we go. 
Yeah, Oral Roberts. Ah, another from the Fun Belt. The Raging Cajuns, A&M, and TCU. Not bad. Pretty good little weekend of baseball in College Station. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about that. No, we're, we're going <laughs> to talk about the uh, the Big 12 tournament first. Oh, yeah. Let's Do let's get to? that out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> no. Quickly. Course. We have to. So you win the first game 5-3. to three. Not super confidence-inspiring performance against Kansas State there on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, evening, pre-evening. You put up three runs in the second, two more in the sixth, and allow Kansas State to make it really interesting in the seventh when they put up three runs. Mason Molina gets the victory there. He went six and two-thirds innings, which was huge, and he was on it, though. He probably went one or two batters too far. He probably could have finished the sixth inning and just turned it over to the bullpen. It was when he came out in the seventh that things got dicey. Mm-hmm. Um, on the night, though, six and two-thirds innings, three hits, three runs, all three earned, two walks to ten strikeouts. Divine came in for a full inning to get two strikeouts of the three outs he recorded. Derek Bridges came in for an out, which was a strikeout, and then turned it over to Austin Becker for the save. He went to full like the one inning with a strikeout. So you're like, okay, we're on the winner side of the bracket, right? You were supposed to beat Kansas State. And then you get to meet up with Oklahoma again, Ugh. your fifth time playing Oklahoma, and they now have beaten you four times the in worst. five meetings. I had a horrible feeling about that. They game. scored Oklahoma did. It scored three in the second. You responded with one in the third. They put three more up in the seventh to get a six to one lead. You were starting to kind of make some noise in the ninth there. Bottom of the ninth, you did score two runs. Um, you had a Kurt Wilson home run there. But my, my goodness, their guy, Jake Bennett, is now 7-3 and three on the season, went seven and two-thirds innings on 108 pitches, gave up only two hits and one run. Two walks to 12 strikeouts. You were not seeing. And it was it was frustrating. I, I was watching this game. You you weren't seeing his fastball. Like he was just pumping fastballs and you were you weren't seeing it. Mm. And I don't know if it was like the pitch sequencing or whatever. It took a while, but like he was coming in middle, middle fastball, first pitch of every at bat. And so many Texas Tech batters were just sitting there watching it. And then Parker Kelly jumped on one, and then like three other guys were like, okay, we can do this. Anyways, Andrew Morse gets his second loss of the year, both of them against a home poor guy. Six and two-thirds inning, five hits, five runs, five earned, three strikeouts, sorry, three walks to eight strikeouts. Um, turn it over to Garrett Crowley, who did not record an out. Brandon Beckel came in for an, a third. Jamie hit, and Kyle Robinson Comes in for an inning to close that one out. Well, to, to finish the game. He didn't, he didn't get the close, obviously, because you lost that game. And then you get to face Kansas State again. So you're like, okay. So you lost a game. It happens. It feels like, at least in the past, you lose a game in this double elimination tournament, and you're just like, okay, we're done. Right? Because then you have to fight back. You have to crawl, uh, claw back in. 
Well, and we knew that playing more games with the number of arms tech currently has that's that are reliable. That's not a good plan for success. Well, and you would have felt good through this game. You would have had Birdsell in game three, Hampton possibly in game four, but having to go a fifth game now that you had lost a game was going to take some nifty maneuvering. Yes. Birdsell comes out against Kansas state though, gets touched up for three runs in the second and then it settles down. Birdsell on the day goes six full innings, nine hits, four runs, all four earned, three walks to only six strikeouts. Derek Bridges comes in for an inning and a third, gives up a walk and a strikeout. Austin Becker comes in for one and two thirds, gives up three hits, one run, one earned, two walks to three strikeouts. Divine for a full inning and then... Beckel comes in and is saddled with a loss there as he gives up just the one run um, in the top of the 11th. I I have a hard time, and I, I, don't, I don't want to put this guy in blast. I am not a catcher's coach. Watching the struggles of our catcher that evening receive pitches, giving away balls, walks, past balls. Just seemed like there was not enough effort being put into staying in the strike zone. No, I'm not even saying like he wasn't putting in effort. It just was like he just wasn't like. Okay, so I'm talking about Cole Stillwell. Cole Stillwell is not a catcher. He's a first baseman. Hudson White is your catcher. Hudson White can't catch every game. Physically can't catch. Understand that. But I hadn't noticed Stillwell struggling behind the dish as much as I did Saturday. So very high, high level overview. And again, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a catcher's coach. This is not something we've had to deal with. From my from my experience. You want to have your glove be moving towards the strike zone as you receive the pitch. So if it's, even if it's an outside pitch, as you catch it, you're coming in to frame it, right? What was happening is he was doing the opposite. He was stabbing at it. So he was going from, he was taking his glove, maybe even catching borderline pitches in the zone, but it was going out so forcefully out of the zone, it looked like the ball was in the opposite batter's box. So he Which was, could have been a, a a borderline pitch. He could have gotten a, a, the, the call on. He could have gotten borderline strikes, but he was getting a bunch of balls because he was stabbing at balls. He's coming from, he, he'd set up, glove in the middle of his chest. The pitch wasn't there. He'd stab at it. Arm would go immediately locked out, elbow locked out. Whereas, you know, again, maybe, maybe it wasn't possible. Like maybe he couldn't have gotten those pitches back in. But there were so many base runners, ninth, 10th, and 11th for Kansas State, that I felt like were preventable. The run that scored was on a passed ball. That hurts. Like, he wasn't ready for it. Yeah. Like, I don't know if, if the pitcher misses spot or just still well just 
like, I don't know. It wasn't like it was egregious, like he spiked it 10 feet in front of the mound and whatever. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not laying this defeat on Cole Stillwell. I'm just saying you had some struggles at catcher that night. You don't have obviously a reliable backup past Stillwell because you can't, like I said, you can't catch Hudson white every day. You can't play him there. And he's not like the best first baseman either. The two of them switch on their off days when they're subbing for each other. It's kind of dicey. Well, and you're, you're going to look at things closer in an 11 inning game like this too. Sure. Like and just the, completely the margin of error was. Yeah. Razor and you, you have to, you have to look at things closely when a game is that close. I mean, I mean there, there are going to be issues that, will become magnified just because of the kind of game it was and, and how things were, you know, coming down to the wire and Kansas state tying it up at the top of the ninth and tech, not being able to rally in the bottom of the ninth. And, you know, just every, everything that kind of went on beyond that probably just exasperated any issues that you were seeing, which sounds like legit issues to me because what little I know about baseball is every time the ball stops moving in the catcher's mitt or every time the ball is in the catcher's mitt, that mitt is dead center in the strike zone. Every time you look and you watch that, whether he went and grabbed it from the dirt and scooped a mound of dirt and the dirt is still coming out of the catcher's mitt. He's still framed that exactly in the middle of the strike zone. So if, if still, was kind of like you said, reaching for it, and then just kind of staying where he went to grab it as opposed to, you know, trying to get it and bring it back to him. Then, yeah, I think you might be seeing something that and I was mistaken. could have affected the game a little bit. I was mistaken. The um, It was the run that tied the game that sent it into, into extras in the ninth that was on a wild pitch. Oh, okay. Okay. So it wasn't the one in the 11th? No, I mean, not like, you know, it, it, he wasn't responsible for the run that, that won the game for Kansas State. It came on an error, though. Um, Johnson for Kansas State reached on an error by left field, advanced to second. So not only did he get on base by an error, he got two bases by it. Culpepper grounded out to the pitchers a sack bunt. Johnson advanced to third. Nikoloff grounded out to pitcher sack bunt. Johnson scored unearned. It's an unearned run that won the game. An error and then two sack bunts. Against a team you beat two days before. Yeah. Anyways, Big 12 tournament. Ends in <laughs> it was a, great. It was a lot of fun. And a fizzle. <laughs> we, were, we were excited. Sure. Unfortunately, though, that took you from the conversation of potentially competing to host or at least putting your name in that consideration to where you ended up was the third seed, which we'll talk about when we do our preview for the regional next. But before that guys, you've got to download color cast. If you don't already, we are on it right now. We are live. It is the audio only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free. It's in the iOS App Store. 
From there, you create your profile, link your Twitter, and join our group. You can follow us at 23Personnel to be notified when our group goes live. We'll be going live on ColorCast every Tuesday, sometime between the hours of 8.30 and 9.30. It varies. Uh, That's Texas time, of course. So um, show up on Tuesday evenings and come with your spiciest takes. Speaking of spicy takes, we once had a guy... A remark about my use of Montreal steak seasoning. So he actually enjoyed a spicy take and gave his own spicy take. So show up between 8.30 and 9.30 usually, Tuesday evenings. Color cast, get it on your phone. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right. Michael. Yes. Let's 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 look around the other regionals really quickly. Okay. Since we're actually going to be in the 16th regional. So start at the top. Tennessee, number one overall seed, 53 and 7. Holy smokes. (laughs) They are hosting Georgia Tech as a two-seed, Campbell and Alabama State. Good luck. Yellow Jackets and camels and whoever the Alabama state mascot is Stanford. It's the two seed. They are hosting Texas state, which is a salty little bunch. You see Santa Barbara, which I believe are the gauchos. That is a gaucho hat. That's for sure. And Binghamton, a under 500 Binghamton team. Mind you 22 and 28. That must be an automatic qualifier. What a joy to be the two seed. Corvallis out for, sorry, Oregon State hosting Vanderbilt, San Diego, New Mexico State. That could be a fun regional. 
beautiful at the very least, Blacksburg, Virginia Tech, hosting Gonzaga, Columbia, Wright State, Jean Morant. Oh, man. It's basketball, though. Yeah, that guy's incredible. Sorry. College Station, Texas A&M, hosting TCU, Louisiana, and Oral Roberts. So forget about Oral Bob. Top three of those, those three schools, pretty good. Coral Gables, who I think we were kind of expecting to go to in terms of a, a regional place, a regional host. Miami, Arizona, Ole Miss, Canisius, Canisius. What is that? Uh, I don't know. Okay, hang on. Stillwater, hosting Arkansas, Grand Canyon, Missouri State. That one could be an interesting and pretty competitive regional too. Canisius, Canisius, Canisius. Canisius College is in Buffalo, New York. They are the Golden Griffins. Wow. Nobody cares. <laughs> Sorry. That's I'm, why people listen. They, I'm sure they the love Golden to hear Griffins. random mascots that I stumble over for 30 seconds. East okay. Carolina is hosting, who you've hosted in Supers before. They're, they're a pretty good team, uh, or at least re, uh, has been historically. Greenville, they are hosting Virginia, Coastal Carolina, Coppin State. Again, Three of those could make for a really interesting regional. Excuse me. Austin, Texas Longhorns, hosting Louisiana Tech, Dallas Baptist Air Force, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, hosting Georgia, VCU Hofstra, Hattiesburg, Southern Miss. I had a cousin just get married this past weekend in Hattiesburg. Oh, yeah. Well, congratulations. My brother, my mom went... We're a little salty. We we got to save the date, but didn't get the invitation. We're like they got married on Memorial Day weekend, huh? You know who else did that? Who me? You did too. Yeah, twenty eighth. We just celebrated our eleven years. Eleven years. Congratulations, thanks, bro. Wow, Southern Miss. Yeah, so we actually share anniversary now. Me and my cousin and my brother in law, one that lives in Abernathy. Yeah, his birthday was on Saturday, the twenty eighth. Oh, man, just All, a lot of a lot of things happening in the family. Louisville, 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 hosting Oregon, Michigan, Southeast Missouri State, Florida and Gainesville, hosting Oklahoma, Liberty, Central Michigan, Auburn, hosting UCLA, Florida State, Southeastern Louisiana, College Park in Maryland, Maryland hosting Wake Forest, Yukon, LIU, is that Liberty? Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. And then Statesboro, the 16th seed. Georgia Southern, Notre Dame, Texas Tech. No, that's not Liberty. I think it's Long Island. Oh, yeah, because that's the random. That was the um, non-conference football opponent that West Virginia played last year. Yes, they had that. Yeah, for some reason I watched some of that game because they played a team that Tech played later. Who did Tech play last year in our non-con? In our scary non-conference, was it um, the team from from Florida? Yes, <laughs> with that coach Florida that was on Atl- that other Florida Atlantic. Sure, Florida Interna- no Florida International. Okay, so yes, they and they played Long Island uh, like the week before they played Tech. And yeah, we're like, wow, their their running back's pretty good. Their running back was really good, and uh, Tech neutralized him after like two plays. So that was that was good. Good job, good job, defense. Then the 15 seed, Statesboro, Georgia Southern, Notre Dame, Texas Tech, UNC Greensboro. I will now defend my case that Georgia Southern is the worst team in this regional. 
Well, even worse than the Golden Griffins or the... No, no, I'm saying in this region. Oh, in the regional. I'm sorry. I didn't even hear the word you said before I started arguing with you. Okay. One, it's obvious an easy case to make that Notre Dame is probably better than they... They, they had the, the chance to, to host. They probably should have hosted. Even if these same four teams were in the same regional and it was at Notre Dame, it would make a lot more sense to me. And Georgia Southern was like, the three seed. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Georgia Southern, the one seed, Notre Dame, two... UNC Greensboro four. You want to hear the, the RPIs of those four teams, Michael? Yes. Georgia Southern 11. How? What? They play in the fun belt. Notre Dame 13, Texas Tech 45. That key continues to tumble. Well, it's stupid Kansas state in Oklahoma. <laughs> we had, had a pretty good run there after Stillwater hopped back into the thirties and then never saw the it 30s. again. That sounds like we're so great. Yeah. UNC Greensboro 94. Okay, so, so did they truly order this just by the RPI? I mean, because the, all the RPIs you read, seed one through four, had the lowest to highest RPI in that order. Is that how they did this for every, all of them? Does the RPI base that much? Do you think there's any? Well, no, because at some level it doesn't because Georgia Southern was the 16 seed, but they're 11 in RPI. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So someone somewhere on a bracket has a, Higher RPI, they, they, they but a lower seed. They, they couldn't put out of their mind far enough to ignore RPI. They're like, but Georgia Southern's 11. We need to have them host. Okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. We're going to look at their schedule. Game by game. Every single... I'm just kidding. Tell me how many of these teams you've heard of. Well, I mean, if the Golden Griffins are on there, well, I've heard of them. I say that. They played three against Tennessee. Lost all three. What? By a combined, oh, I don't know, 10, 24, 33. Outscored 30 runs over the, over the weekend. 33 to three. Georgia Tech, they beat Georgia Tech 10-6. They lost the series versus UCF. They beat up on Jacksonville. <laughs> they swept Miami University of Ohio. They split a two-game series with Georgia. They swept William and Mary. They beat Mercer. Isn't William and Mary a band? I don't know. Aren't they like in the 70s? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they took the series versus Appalachian State. They beat College of Charleston. They swept Arkansas State. They lost another game versus Georgia. They lost the series against the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana. They won the series against the Bobcats of Texas State. Barely. Took 11 innings the first time. 7-4, to 13-11, then lost 9-10. They won in 10 innings against Presbyterian. You might recognize this school as the team that hired the coach from Arkansas that never punts and never kicks the ball. That Presbyterian. Yeah. Georgia State, they swept. They lost in 11 to Florida State. They swept South Alabama. They split Kennesaw State. They lost the series to Coastal. Swept Troy. Lost to Georgia Tech. Won the series versus Little Rock. Destroyed Mercer 21 to 7. Who? Mercer who? UT Arlington is somehow in the Sun Belt. And they beat them three times. 
We'll see. There's your RPI right there. By the way, Anyways. the band, the band name, <laughs> the band I was trying to think of. Oh yeah, let's see, let's see. Peter, Paul, and Mary. Not William and Mary. I'm an idiot. I don't know. They play at J.I. Clements Stadium. Michael, would you want to gander, take a guess at how many that stadium holds? J.I. Okay, what's it? G.I. what? J.I. Clements. J.I. Clements. What did, okay, ACU held what, 4,000 somehow? Texas Tech holds 4,000. Okay. So it's, it's not that big of a difference from Texas Tech. I, I, I will give you that. They hold 3,000. Okay. Okay. Well, that's what I was, I was trying to like weigh it against one that I'd heard recently. I was thinking ACU, possibly Grand Canyon. Well, let me just say size. a few rows that extend from third base to first base, just around the backstop. There's nothing down the lines. There's nothing in the outfield. Somehow they claim 3000 people can sit in the stadium. Peter, Paul and Mary saying puff the magic dragon. Okay. Anyways, not that I think Texas Tech is going to be traveling a whole bunch of their fans out to Statesboro, Georgia. Which I couldn't even tell you where that is. I'm going to look. I, I think, think we're both typing in real quick. <laughs> I'm doing some dad stuff here. I'm, I'm going to check the weather soon. But first, I just got to figure out where it is. It is... It's just outside Westchester. I'm just Savannah. kidding. It's northwest of Savannah. So oh, it's Savannah. Pretty, it's pretty I've heard Savannah is just gorgeous. I'd really like to go there someday. Almost directly due south of Augusta. About halfway between Augusta and Jacksonville, Florida. Hello, friends. That wasn't even an impression. I was just saying hello, friends in a weird voice. Due west of Charleston, South Carolina. Home of the College of Charleston. Sniff. Yeah, Statesboro. I mean, it's... Let's see what we got here. It's currently 72 degrees there at 11.08 p.m. at night. Let's see what kind of see what kind of weather we got coming up but yeah i i mean i think you're you're a little bit saltier than i am about about uh georgia southern holding hosting a uh regional i'm i'm, I'm gonna be fine with it let's see what they got okay it's supposed to be rainy on friday high of 93 rainy again on saturday high of 84 Beautiful sunny day on Sunday. Great. So we're gonna have eighty eight. We're gonna get delayed through the weekend. Probably. And then play short rest. The winner of this regional will play in short rest in Knoxville. If if I had to guess, yeah, there's a good chance that Friday games might get delayed because our game is what at one? One PM Central. It's the first game, yeah. Two PM or two PM Eastern. So I mean maybe that's why they're trying to start them so early in case some Thunderstorms show up. Statesboro at home to 32,000 lives, Michael. Wow. Really? 32? You know which town I can think of that has 32? Sweetwater, Texas. I was thinking about Hobbs, New Mexico. They they have 45. Smaller town than Hobbs. What's Level Land? That's like 10 or 11. Is it really? It's pretty small. Plainview is probably pretty close. Yeah, Plainview's got the interstate. Yeah, you're right. Level ends 13.5. Let me see. Yeah, Sweetwater's got the interstate too. Oh, man. This is just, this 20, is just intriguing podcasting. Okay, okay, okay. 
Um, so let's get on to the, the preview here. Real quick, though. Oh, man, I was way off on Sweetwater. Sweetwater's only got 10,000. Yeah. Drove through Merkel this past week. Oh, you did? Twice. The, Windy, the Windmill City. I almost called it the wrong nickname. <laughs> the Windmill City. Go Badgers. Did you see the giant Jaguars? Yes, I did. No, that's in Thai. We don't claim that. <laughs> uh, did you see the giant rest stop new? Like, there's some huge gas station that they're building on the south side of I 20, just right off there in the big city of Merkel. I can't say that I, I don't. It. How did you miss that? Probably because you didn't grow up there. I wasn't looking <laughs> and see. And know that whatever used to be there was just like farmland. Okay. Okay. So we're pulling some of these statistical comparisons from a stats of war graph that this fine individual from TCU put together. However, however, I don't understand how using these numbers that are compiled into this list, Georgia Southern is picked to win this thing 38% of the times from, okay. Win percentage, if you look at the glossary here, percent of regional sims a team won. I'm assuming simulated this regional a number of times, and Georgia Southern won at 38%. No, I misspoke earlier. Notre Dame projected or through the sim, sims had won at 34%. Texas Tech was where I was getting the two to one. 15% UNC Greensboro, the Spartans, 13%. It doesn't look good. Well, when if you, you look when at those you look numbers, at the simulation numbers, but if you look at literally everything else, <laughs> Texas Tech has an, a, a statistical advantage outside of pitching, which we Notre, knew that, but Notre Dame holds the advantage there, a clear advantage. We still hold an advantage over Georgia Southern in pitching. Yeah, you pointed out before we started recording, Notre Dame holds the clear advantage in pitching, and then the, the other three teams, you know, Tech would be second, but it's, there's not a ton of separation between Tech and Georgia Southern and UNC Greensboro, depending on which stat you look at as far as overall pitching. Yeah, ERA, no, Notre Dame has the advantage, clear advantage, 391. Team ERA, 391. Georgia Southern is second, 490. Texas Tech, 525. Greensboro, 548. But the FIP, which is... We have fielding, to look at the glossary. Yeah. Fielding independent of pitching. The gap between Notre Dame and Texas Tech narrows greatly. Their number comes up to 435. Texas Tech's number comes down to 490. UNC Greensboro comes down a little bit to 530. Georgia Southern, far and away the worst in this category, 579. Strikeouts per nine, 7.3. They don't strike many batters out. 7.3 strikeouts per nine, whereas almost 11, 10.9 per nine. There's a lot of nines there. Yeah. Nine. 11, let's just say 11 Ks per nine for Notre Dame. 10.2 strikeouts per nine innings for Texas Tech. 8.1 for Greensboro. Walks per nine are all pretty close to the same. Between 3.4 with Notre Dame. Texas Tech, UNC, Greensboro, both at 3.5. 3.8 for Georgia Southern. 
Notre Dame does a really good job of keeping guys off of base. This is weighted on base average. Their pitching staff allows 358 on base percentage. Texas Tech 407 in second. Georgia Southern in third, 419. Greensboro in fourth, 425. Let's go to a a much more favorable matchup for Texas Tech. Let's let's look over to batting. Ooh. Batting, Texas Tech. Weighted runs created. This is opponent adjusted. Texas Tech leads far and away 9.59 WRC. Second place, Georgia Southern 8.1. Notre Dame 7.14. Greensboro 6.68. Weighted on base average. OBA, WOBA. Texas Tech 504. Georgia Southern 469, Greensboro 465, Notre Dame 455. Strikeout percentage. Notre Dame is best. Yes, they're best of the four. 20, they only strike out 20% of the time. Texas Tech strikes out 24%. Who is last? Who is last is not a sentence. It's it's a statement. It's a continuation. Finality, finalization, doesn't matter. Makes sense. I was, Last, I was wow. going back to this is an office reference. Oh, or Dwight says something like that's not a sentence. Dwight, Dwight. Walks, walk percentage. Tex Tech, far and away the best team here in terms of being patient and not overly aggressive. Sixteen percent the walk percentage. Followed by UNC Greensboro, 12.8. Georgia Southern, 12.6. Notre Dame, aggressive batting, 10.7. Tech Tech leads. Like, as much as Notre Dame was number one in terms of pitching and then everybody else, Texas Tech is number one and then everybody else in batting. Also, in terms like batting, batting average, on base, slugging, home runs. What do you want to look at? It's Texas Tech. Home runs, 83. Next team up, Notre Dame, 65. 18 more home runs than Notre Dame. 61 for the Eagles of Georgia Southern. And then UNC Greensboro only hit 53 on the year. Hitters to watch. Number one, Chase Young. Ooh, did not see that coming. No. (laughs) Hogan Windish and Kennedy Jones, both of the Spartans. Noah Ledford and Jesse Sherrill. From the Eagles, then Kurt Wilson, Cole Stilwell, Press Kavanaugh from the Spartans, Jason Swan of the Eagles, and then Ryan Cole, Carter Putts, Brooks Ketsey. Oh, man, there's a guy named Putts. <sighs> Poor bastard. There's, um, I, went on, I wanted to see if, who was that kid? Prez... Press Kavanaugh. I'm going to see if his name's like Presidente or President or something. And it's Presley? like short for that. Oh, yeah, that would be probably make more sense. Preston. Preston. Yeah. Let me see. It just says Press Kavanaugh. It just it just says Press. 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 I don't know. Clearly. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Impact pitchers. Guys to watch when they take the mound. Everybody's been talking about John Michael Bertrand from Notre Dame. 
but I would point you in the direction of Alex Hoppy first of the Spartans. Has an ERA of 291, good for second in the field, or I guess third. Um, the Spartans have a sneaky batch of, you know, like you, we just mentioned, two of the top three batters are from their team. The top pitcher, statistically. They've got, what is that, three in the top seven pitchers? Yeah, they've, they've got some really solid individual players. Um, so that could be fun to watch, too. Hopefully not so much fun that Tech ends up playing them and losing them, <laughs> losing to them or something. But, but you know, just fun from a, uh, you know, a competitive standpoint. Just to enjoy, just to enjoy the game between the uh, weather delays. Yeah, so the guy that you're probably going to see on the mound Friday versus uh, Notre Dame, John Michael Bertrand, ERA of 239. That's low, Spencer. That's really low. (laughs) Um, Fielding, independent pitching, ERA bumps up a little bit to 348. Woba, which is weighted on base average of 294. He keeps people off the base. Yes. Off the base path. Um, and he does it by not walking people. He does strike out nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings if you were to stretch that out. So, you know, in a six inning appearance, what is that, 12 strikeouts? Yeah. Rough. Yeah, right at it. But he only walks two. Brandon Birdsell, the third guy on this list, ERA of three, fielding independent, pitching is 387. Woba, I'm enjoying saying that. Weighted on base average for Birdsell at 340. His K's per nine, though, almost 12 strikeouts per nine innings, but he walks just over three batters per nine. You got Austin Temple on this list. Mason Molina. Austin Temple is with Notre Dame. Austin Parsley of the... Sorry, Austin Parsley and Jared Mathewson of the Spartans. Ty Fisher, Jay Thompson of the Eagles. Then Andrew Morris, and then Jalen Payton from the Eagles. I, Michael, am having a hard time finding where the advantage lies for the Eagles besides being the one seed and they get to play Greensboro first. Maybe they're just a really good team. Maybe they have a good cohesive unit in terms of this this odd metric that uh, really hot right now cbf Spencer. graphs and stats of war put together who's hot the rating over the last 60 days which again just the second half of the season i and i don't pretend to know the strength of the sunbelt conference schedule i can tell you it's not the big 12 I can tell you it's not the acc so you which, wouldn't invite them to the acc sec big 12 pac 12 all-star tournament no that you proposed last week Mm-mm. would not if it was an eight shade if it was an eight team uh all conference and like you put like a a group of conferences together this may be one of those hey there's a microphone there i didn't put that there okay so who's hot rating over the last 60 days this is a metric that they put together Measuring, um, you don't have to remind me, Michael. What, what, what is this again? Oh, I'll, I'll show you. Okay. It's the <laughs> RTG asterisk, which, which is the opponent adjusted net runs per game over the last 60 days. 
over the last 60 days so, versus their their net or their their ranking of that for the whole, whole for season. the whole year so, so how well did they perform over their average over the last 60 days there yes right. correct georgia southern plus 23 which is really good the, the plus is what you want notre dame was plus seven greensboro was plus 10 texas tech though minus 18 it's a big gap there what does it mean? Don't know. We don't know. Because Georgia Southern, <laughs> on paper, according to these stats, cherry-picked by Stats of War, which is not, I'm not, I'm not. He did that, that for shit. every matchup, though. They're the same. They, like, he put these together and for every one of his, whatever. Yeah, for every region. It's not like he was just like, I uh, don't understand. Figure out how Tech can lose this <laughs> regional. I, this feels like it's a Notre Dame-Texas Tech regional. I agree. I agree completely. And it's going to be fun to see these two teams battle. Hopefully we get the chance to see them battle if everything goes well. And whether it delay it, because they they would be the first game of the regional Friday afternoon. But uh, it's just going to be one of those, like you pointed out going through this, Notre Dame is going to be really hard to hit. Um, And... They're also going to have trouble hitting. And I mean, so they're just kind of like a defense heavy team. And Tech is an offense heavy team lately with some occasional really good pitching and some batting slumps. I mean, it's it's just, it'll be a good matchup. It kind of, I was trying to think of who in the Big 12 is kind of like that. You know, who was, who was a really defensive team that you faced off that maybe wasn't such a powerhouse behind the plate? TCU. Yep. And that did not go well. So I'm a little, I'm a little concerned, but it's just going to be kind of a clash of philosophies, basically. But if you lose that game, then you would, you would face the loser of Georgia Southern and UNC Greensboro. Yes. And that game would be played at noon the following day on Saturday. Yes. Regardless of who you like, if you were to lose the first game, I would feel fairly confident that you would win game two, that you wouldn't just go 0 and 2 and be the first team out of this regional. However, however, I would suggest winning the first game. Yes, let's please do that. All right. So, Michael, let, let me get your thoughts quickly on the regional, what, what you expect to see or anticipate or want to see projections, predictions. Desires. I, I just want to be in the fight. I, I know that Tech has not had the best of, uh, I don't want to say luck. They just haven't played well and, and this year, off and on. You know, th- then there's those blips in Stillwater where they just run the tables with somebody that in their house that you didn't think they'd be able to do. Um, then they get housed by OU every chance they get. You know, they get housed by TCU. Uh, it's it's been kind of a a tough season to see, so I, I'm going in with some reasonable reasonable expectations. I just hope they're still playing on Sunday in some shape or form. Uh, if they make it to the championship and get to play for the regional, I would think that would be about as as high as I could expect. Honestly, I don't think they could. I don't think they've got the arms. I think they're, the batting has been so inconsistent. I don't see them getting out of this region. What do you think? But I, I, think, I think at least if they're playing Saturday, 
or I mean, a Sunday and I mean, a Monday would be, would be great. But if, if they don't go up there and drop two in a row or go one and two or something, then I will say, okay, I can live with that. I think where I land is a lot like how we've seen Texas Tech perform in conference tournaments. I think if you lose one, you're 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 basically you're you're just done. I don't I don't think this team is going to be the team that's going to fight back from the losers bracket to get into the championship game and then have any kind of confidence. I, I wouldn't have any kind of confidence once you got there because at that point you are on your fourth starter. Yes. And bullpen arms that have been used all weekend. Well, and you're bringing up another thought too. You're, you may have different guys catching and playing first base and other stuff like that by that point. And maybe that was a blip. Yeah, probably was. It probably was. I I don't want to say like Cole Stillwell is some kind of, yeah. The guy who's been a really bright spot on offense here and there this year. Yeah, we're not going to, we, we're not trying to sully his name. It was just, it, 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 his struggles happened in like the worst possible time, which is hard for him, right? Like, oh, to, sure. To, to he, get that you know, he knows for, that. For, and, and, and from nobody's like us, right? Like, there's nobody listening to us and saying, like, oh, these guys, they, they know what they're talking about. Like, they're, <laughs> they're supreme catching coaches. <laughs> We're not the only ones that would have noticed that he struggled. Can you imagine us catching? We had a postseason party last year, and our first baseman was just messing around. Like, we were at this party, just messing around, and I squatted down to catch. First pitch, literally fell backwards. <laughs> this was an eight-year-old. Okay? I, remember, I was not prepared. I remember being in a, a intramural softball league when I was at Tech. Well, those catchers don't catch anything. No, no, no. This There's, there's something to it. And there was uh, a girl on our softball team who played softball in high school and was a pitcher. And so she was just like, Hey, would you mind catching for me? I just feel like, you know, I just want to do some fast pitch. And I was like, sure. So, I mean, just off to the side, it was like in between games. She was just wanting to do that. Like, sure. Okay. And I've never done any sort of catching in my life. And I think I fell over too. I mean, she was ripping them at me. I was like, golly, this is, are you far enough away? Are you sure you're not (laughs) to catch a softball? Oh man. She was just like the whole wind up the whole thing. And it's like, dang. Okay. I think I'm, I'm tapping out. Can someone else, can someone else catch for her? Scratch the sitch. Cause I totally get it. I mean, if I was like competitive at that and, and there was people around with like softballs, and they would catch for me. I'm like, yeah, I'd want to rip some down there, but man, I shoot catching that. That's a different world. Yeah. So I, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just saying <laughs> I, I, I have low confidence in this regional. I do and too, it's, man. it's not like, I, I know I just hammered on Georgia Southern <laughs> sure. being the worst team in this regional, but it doesn't mean there's not a other good team. Like, Greensboro seems to have more bright spots than Notre Dame is obviously Southern talented and good team. Um, and I don't want to like look too far ahead. If you got out of this regional, if you won this regional, I, I just, just 
paint my face orange and white checkered. Like <laughs> whoever wins this regional it, has the honor gonna, of just getting. It's going to be so hard to go to Knoxville. Blown away in Knoxville. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want to look ahead either. I, I, I truly think that if, if tech is playing on the third day and if they get to play in the championship, then that's, that's about as best as I can ask. If they win it, I mean, that would be fantastic. That would be great. Oh, yeah. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it this year. I'm not seeing this team be able to, uh, you know, put it all together this often uh, against some teams that are, that have a lot of expectations on them too. You know, not so much Greensboro, probably. They're probably just kind of glad to be there, but they've got some really good players. Yeah that we just talked about for a good while. We were like mostly talking about their players aside from Tex. Uh, and then Southern, they're going to have home field advantage at, at the time when Tech may eventually get to play them. Um, I, I don't, I don't like it. Tech doesn't do well away from the law. I mean, there's just so many things not working. Nothing well. feels good about this. Nothing feels good about this. So, <sighs> been a good season make it to <laughs> i'm sorry make We're it to sunday make it to sunday guys that's all i'm asking i want to see a sunday game all right so we're, we're both on this end of texas tech not making another regional is that where we're at that's where i am yes pink raiders ah, totally pink raiders all right can't help it guys odds we've, and ends we, we've seen just enough baseball this year okay yeah the brand we, episode two aired tonight yeah we watched I, I, I caught up with the brand because episode one, they air on Tuesday nights, which is when we record. And so episode one, I completely missed um, and then kind of forgot about until tonight because I got notified like three different methods of social media that episode two came out. So I watched, I, I binged it, man. I binged the brand. Surprised that I didn't like run through my, my five-year-old's wall just waiting for you to get here to record because I've binged it. But no, it was it was fine. It was good. Um, I, I do like... Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I want to disagree with you there for a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> I said fine. I said it was fine. Sure, sure. And that, that's probably where, where we agree. Yeah. I mean, I'm not literally... It didn't literally pump me up or anything. Uh, it, it was... It was refreshing to see, and we've talked about this a lot since McGuire's come on board. It was refreshing and good to see this much just overall exposure of the program. Aside from, you know, in the Wells days, we were lucky to get like a 45-second clip every third Tuesday out of the official Twitter account. So it's cool to see that they're interviewing players, they're interviewing all the coaches, talking to them about things. Yes. Everyone's saying coach peak speak. Yes. Everyone's saying player speak, but at least you're getting a sense of how this is going. Uh, there's a couple things that stuck out to me. You know, um, McGuire mentioned that not everyone has bought in just yet, which I think that's cool to admit and cool to know that you're constantly got to be working and trying to get everybody to be fully on board. I mean, as opposed to, Oh yeah, everybody's bought in. Every single player's bought in. We're all good. We're all on the same page. You know, he didn't say that because yep. um, that's not true. So there's still some kids that are probably, yeah, I'm not so sure about the staff or the game plan or whatever, but it was fine. I mean, what what are your thoughts? So I will admit 
with everything going on in our lives right now, TV, I may watch 20, 30 minutes TV a day. And it's as I'm winding down in bed to you, fall asleep. Do you know how long these episodes are? Between 20 and 30 minutes. The, but if if we have 30 minutes of TV time, I'm not going to get Samantha on board with watching. Oh, yeah. No, you're good. I got you. The brand. I will tell you, I didn't finish the first episode. Why not? I, there wasn't even any commercials if you watched it on YouTube. I watched it on the YouTube. Couldn't. It was also on Facebook. It's apparently on ESPN Plus, too. I don't even know. It's all over the place. It didn't hold my attention. Well, you can I, find I it on say, YouTube. I will people. say that it, um, I've met Coach McGuire. You just I, met him last week. I spent a couple hours with him. It wasn't just with me. It wasn't like a one-on-one thing. He came to visit the children's hospital that mm-hmm. I am associated with. Totally sounds like a thing he would do. Yeah, he loved it. He, his wife yeah. came, too. Loved it. They they loved to see um, what what goes on there. And it was really like, I, I want my players to see this. Like, we'd love to have your players here. Yes. You, um, your players, everybody. And we were also like, hey, we understand that like you'll have to play ball with UMC, but you came here first. <laughs> Anyways, um, what I will say, and maybe it's it just an extraordinary amount of effort on his part, or the more reasonable is that this is exactly who he is 24-7. Everyone says that, and I think he even says that. Like, it's not like a, like, he doesn't have to get up to bring himself up to be in public. If anything, obviously I I don't, I don't see him in private, right? Sure. Sure. But this is, this isn't like somebody that has to work on who he is, which I think we felt with Wells and to some extent Kingsbury, like there were times where you would see like very uncomfortable Kingsbury and a very uncomfortable Matt Wells, but they were trying or they wanted to appear to be trying. Or they knew that this was expected of them and they're, yeah, they're, like, they're this is doing the, the best they can. Whereas this is, this is the part of the job I hate, but I'm doing it. That's not, I, I don't get that feel from, from I don't know if there's a part of this job Joey McGuire hates. <laughs> I think he loves every part of it. Recruiting, the portal, teaching. He was teaching some guys how to get off uh, uh, defensive back blocks. Like when you come off the line of scrimmage. Like they, there was just a random clip of that. Yeah. So he loves teaching guys that he loves, you know, talking to him at the end of every practice. It just, I think and everything he, about it. He shared a little anecdote from his life uh, with some of, of our nurses. He said, you know, I was in nursing school, but then I, I just felt called to be a teacher and a coach. So like I, he's like, I wholeheartedly understand and believe in your calling to healthcare. Cause I felt some of that but I felt greater call to be a coach and a teacher. And then when you see his interactions, that is the only thing he is doing is he is coaching and teaching up everybody around him. Yeah. And like, not like a condescending way. I was not like, well, actually <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's do it my way. No, no, no. The other thing I was going to say, it was probably repeated a hundred times what the brand is. Michael, Yes. Can you tell us what the brand is? Uh, no, because I always forget. I'll, I will try, but I almost always forget one of the things. But it's to be the toughest, the toughest, hardest, hardest working, working most competitive football team, team in the country. Team in the country. I that's like been, that. That's been drilled into everybody's head because. Well, he said that at his press conference. Yeah. 
He said that at his press conference. And so, yeah, I know we're kind of poking fun at the, you know, the concept of making a show about this. <laughs> um, but I do series appreciate series. I do appreciate that the brand is. Um, I do like the phrase, the brand, like the term that just kind of feels official. Mm-hmm. I do also like that. It's, it's pretty specific. So if you get into what the brand actually means, it's very specific, but he can just talk about the brand and everyone's going to know what he means. It's and it, relatable to West Texas. Yeah. And it really and just, that's the culture out here. It just starts with the simplest of things, which is effort and commitment. I mean, yeah, it's not like that that's you simple. To, yeah, you have to want to, to work hard. But it's not like we're going to have people who, you know, make straight A's in the classroom and run, you know, four two out here on the gridiron. You know, it's, it's like no, 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 no. We're everyone's just going to work as hard as they can, and they're going to be really tough, and they're not going to back down. And and you just kind of think, okay, well, there's some simple core things to work with. I will. I would suggest you watch the second episode because actually Which I will. They I actually will. get into the offense a little bit more. Apparently, Kitley and McGuire they both talked about this. Well, and so did Donovan Smith. Um, the, the way they're training the quarterbacks is they're they're almost like giving them suggestions. Like, here's the play I want you to run. But if you get out there and you see xyz any of this number i probably shouldn't have used xyz but if you if you see any number of things if you don't like this front if you don't like this coverage if you do like this coverage if you do like this man-to-man situation or whatever you can check out and do something else and so that was that was kind of interesting because they talked a little bit more x and o's in the second episode about how and and mcguire was really doing a good job of selling texas tech as a destination for quarterbacks who want to play in the nfl Okay. So that's all right. There's, all right. I'm, 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 there's, I'm you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty well thought of because they know who's going to watch this. It's going to be really hardcore Texas tech fans like us. It's going to be possibly because there were some high school kids that I think were at some of these practices because they blurred their faces in the background. Sure. There's probably going to be recruits that are going to watch this. Uh, the players themselves, you know, I, there's there's good things. I mean, there's good things in there, but yeah, it, it is the first episode was was a lot of. Here's what the brand is. <laughs> felt very sales pitchy. Yes, and I'm like, we're on board, man. You know, you, you pulled up next to the pump jack in your BMW when you got to the Jones, man. We're on board. We're with you. Yeah. Any I, feel like, news? I feel like he should be driving like a King Ranch something. Actually, no, I don't like King Ranch stuff. That just makes no sense. Have you seen what he drives? It's a you BMW. It really is of some sort. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. It looks like an SUV. It's I an can't X7. Tell. Ah, a white X7. That makes sense. Which I believe is... is Probably furnished by somebody, isn't it? Uh, who used to Mc, own... McGavick? No, it's whoever used to own uh, Anderson. Oh, that's right. It's, it's that new group. Out of San Antonio. Caldwell, Callaway. Caldwell? Yeah. Something. Anyway, starts with a C. And then his wife drives a Texas Edition Tahoe. Oh, that's nice. Anyways. It used to be Rager Dyke supplied all that. Yeah. yeah and, you know, mm. he's, he's not doing so well. Yeah. Was there any basketball news, Michael? I don't think so. There was, 
There was speculation, some words, wordsmithing. Yeah, you, you regarding Nadolny. You mentioned something before we started recording. Apparently, Level had some Chris Level. For those of you who don't know, insider guy <laughs> on the radio We're on one name basis here in Lubbock. Well, at least I said his last name as opposed to oh yeah, Chris. You know, said. Me and Chris, y'all know. Um, but you were talking earlier about he kind of mentioned something on air to yeah, the so fact he was, that Nadolny might be graduating or there's some, he was answering a, a write-in question, which is a, a big bit. They do mm-hmm. several ask level times an hour. The, having somebody on the, the radio side explain the formatting that Raymar uses. And like, I can't not be frustrated when 37 minutes of their programming per hour is not sports related. Well, I mean, and it's everything is themed bits. Just, just I'm listening to all the glass houses shattering people's <laughs> minds. It's like, Oh my gosh, the juice and all their, like I said, they, all their little bits that are themed and named that have nothing to do with sports or tangentially related to sports. Like, we're going to read headlines to you like Ron Burgundy did in Anchorman. It was like, that's so stupid. Literally doing that to you in Lubbock radio right now. Well, sometimes it's like, yeah, some of them are a stretch because of them are a stretch. Well, this, uh, some baseball player you've never heard of signed a contract today. Okay. And only one of them is serious about like, it it, it changes who's serious that day about their job. (laughs) Because one day it'll, it'll be Aaron Dickens and he'll be reading through and like just power through and, and level just interrupting him with nonsense. <laughs> More often than not, it's the other way around. Level is trying to get through the content and AD is just asking ridiculous questions or statements to throw him off. So what was the question that they were, they were the, the Dolny response. Chris level was asked to confirm or deny whether or not the rumors that, that this listener had heard that Nadoni was graduating and, Hmm. in turn leaving Texas Tech were true. Level responded in a way that indicated that they are, they, Texas Tech basketball staff is still after multiple recruits, transfers, what what have you, indicating that it's more likely than not that they are anticipating several roster spots still up in the air. Well, according to stakingtheplains.com, Seth came out with his eligibility chart update, which added quite a bit of the recent movement, you know, with uh, uh, Fisher joining, reclassifying, uh, Jason Jackson committing. I mean, he's part of the 2023 class, but still that was part of some of the movement around here. But uh, with what Seth was able to put together, 12 of the 13 scholarships were accounted for. And Nadolny was one of those. So Nadolny has three years left. And it's possible you leave that that 13th spot open for a guy like a Jalen Tyson that transfers in season that you've got a spot for those kind of, that kind of guy. Like you, you don't realistically play to a 13 man rotation. Sure. Right. So it's possible like you could be done now, but if they're still recruiting several people and you've got 12 roster spots, 
it's impossible to say whether or not they're recruiting several people to fill that last spot or they're recruiting several people to fill several spots. Malik Wilson. Did you see that news? He committed. To oh, Houston. that's right. He's going to Houston. Yeah. That was the other news. Kevin McCullough's going to Kansas. Yes. Matt Meyer, Matt, Matthew Meyer from Baylor going to Illinois. Illinois is going to be big 12 light with Terrence Shannon and Matt Meyer. I know. I thought Baylor. that was interesting because shots fired. Almost, yes. If you want to take that away, he, I think I know his, where you're going. his statement or at least answering a question about why he didn't. So he said he had some conference schools that were after him. And he said, out of respect to coach drew and the Baylor program, I wouldn't do that to them. Yes. He chose to transfer out of conference. Interesting choice of words. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. Cause now for only talking about baseball, now a little bit of basketball we've gone over. Let's wrap this up with what we learned. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So first, y'all already know. Today's episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate on your favorite team. A rising tide lists all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org. Or open Instagram and type in at sports drink, spelled like sports drink, but without the vowels, S-P-R-T-S-D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you, trying not to let the funk out. All right, Michael, you, did you see the oh, new time? I did, okay. yes, let's, yes. Let's hear it. They filmed this movie for what, I think 10 months going up into the air every day, getting just a few minutes of usable footage after being up in the air for a couple of hours. These actors were, I think sometimes taking the control of the planes. That was kind of not very clear in this thing I read because they're technically not supposed to, but they were at the very least in the cockpit of these planes being flown by Naval pilots. They were getting sick. They were pulling G's. They were doing all this stuff. So in, in short, what you see, there's if there's CGI in this movie, I don't know what it is, aside from making Tom Cruise not look 59. I mean, that might be or the only CGI. <laughs> Maybe. You know what? They did better about that than I've seen them do. Like in, in the first Top Gun, he um, he's standing next to that guy. We talked about this off air, off air. But he's standing next to the, the principal from the Back to the Future movies, who... I don't think is five, three, but I swear that Maverick and goose were standing on a box while this guy was just chewing them out in the first 10 minutes of the movie. But you know, I've kind of noticed that sort of thing. And there were several times where Tom Cruise was next to people and he was visibly shorter than them and everything was fine. So anyway, it wasn't even that John Hamm was great as just the, the admiral who doesn't want to deal with Maverick's shit at all, but he has to. Who's in the original? He was Vice. John Hamm wasn't in the original. What? I'm looking at the IMDb right this second. What? John Hamm was not in the original Top Gun. No. Maybe, maybe it pulled up both. 
Is there another man named John Hamm? <laughs> he would have been like 16 or something. Okay, so maybe maybe it was showing both. I'm not sure why, but okay, sorry, go on. Yeah, he was born in, yeah, he would have been 15 years old. He was born in 71. Top Gun came out in 86. Uh, I thought it was excellent. I think people should, you should see it. Um, I know there's people that have misgivings over Tom Cruise or whatever, but I, I understand that. Okay. So but the movie was excellent. Besides it's a blast. You keep calling him the principal from back to the future. Yeah. Is that Michael Ironside? Is that Tom Skerritt? Like I, not I, I Tom Skerritt. I don't know. Michael Ironside. Probably hang on. Let me see. It was Jester. No, no, he wasn't a, no, he wasn't one of the pilots. Um, oh gosh, what was his name? Back to the future. He, he called him, uh, hello, anybody home McFly? He was that guy, but he was in the original movie. James Tolkien. Yeah. James Tolkien. He's five, six. But according to that scene where he chews out Maverick and Goose after the opening scene of the original Top Gun, he's 5'2". You just need to see the images of this. Did you... Okay, <laughs> sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the IMDB. Like, they, this is you just got to be, like, just pieced together by some morons. Wilson the Volleyball. Oh, my God. What are you talking about? <laughs> uncredited like is it because there was a volleyball scene in the movie like i don't absolutely there was a volleyball scene in top gun no i know i know but i'm saying like is that why this is he's there is a credit attributed to wilson the volleyball from castaway okay so the guy (laughs) standing behind tom cruise in this picture look like 410 yeah yeah and it's just in his office. It's not like he's in some weird place. Y'all go watch that scene. You know what I'm talking about. It makes um, Anthony Edwards look like he's 6'5". All right. Anyway. Uh, I'm, excited to, I'm excited to watch it because I... You got to check it out. I'm not going to say much because there are some actual kind of spoilers in there. I got really excited when the trailer came out two years ago. Gosh, so I did like, I. Uh, yes, please. I, I think I talked about this last week. I, I really... I could take or leave the first movie. It was fine. But the second that trailer came out, I was like, well, I got to see this. And before is I see this, this I'm going to watch the first one again. Is this like a IMAX worthy movie? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. I would almost go see it again just to see it in IMAX. Cause I just saw it in uh, regular boring SD. Yeah. No free ads, regular uh, Cinemark Tinseltown. All right. One thing I wanted to share and I'm excited about this too. I went to, Raider Red Meats today to pick up a, a gift card for a gift, a birthday gift for my, my brother-in-law that turned however old he turned. His birthday was on Saturday, but we were out of town. Great gift. Good yeah. job. Good well, job by you. Thanks. Um, I had no intentions of purchasing anything except for the gift card. I buy the gift card. I turn around. That's there's the meat freezers. Like, <laughs> uh, I sent a picture to Michael. It was a combination of beef plate ribs and tomahawk ribeye. I was like, oh, both of those sound so good. You don't, I don't think I... And I noticed... The you didn't corner, send a picture. Corner of my eye. No, I didn't. I didn't. You didn't. You just told I, me I, about I, it. I took a picture. Okay. Corner of my eye, I was like, oh, what's this? They have Wagyu ribeye. 
Mm, granted, they are sixty dollars a piece. I di- I didn't did not yes and Samantha <laughs> did not pick this one up did not pick one up. I did venture over to the pork section. Did you get a tri tip? I mean, I know that's not no, pork, no. but that was where I got my last tri tip, and it was really a good price. I won't even think about it. I I had I had smoked pork belly on my mind. Oh, like, that's. Right. There were several different options in terms of shape and size. And I was like, I just kind of normal. Something kind of even. Yeah. It, it was, it was like as if you had gone to the store and picked up a package of bacon. Sure. But just hadn't been sliced yet. Eight bucks. Good gravy. They do um, have some legit good prices there. And it's pork belly, right? So I was like, Oh man, I've, Gone back through some of my, my videos, the, the barbecue guys I follow on, on YouTube, they all have a smoked smoked pork belly recipe. I was like, how do I choose which one to do? Well, and what do you... So I just one, never know what to do. Like, how do you... So one guy did like burn ins. So basically okay. like, like you cubed it. Okay. And you and put it in sauce or something. Oh, it was like super sticky sauce. Like it was like in a foil pan, you smoked it and then sliced it and then... Okay. Made it sticky. Sticky sauce. I've seen people make tacos and nachos and all sorts of this, stuff. This other guy I saw, he treated it just like a brisket, right? He seasoned it like a brisket, smoked it, and then sliced it like bacon, a little thicker than like a, a normal brisket slice, and just ate slices of it. It was like, that sounds really good, too. <laughs> so I picked one up. I, I should have just bought everything they had, really, just to keep trying it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make some smoked pork belly soon. Don't have a clear direction on how I want to prepare it. That's happening. That's exciting because I I've I don't know the few times I've had pork belly, it was like overwhelmingly too much. You know what I mean? Unctuous. Like too much fat. Yeah, it was just. I just felt like, okay, I can only eat three pieces of this and then I'm going to go into a coma. It's not a very big cut anyways. Yeah, that's true. So I just didn't, I've, I've never actually bought the belly, the belly with the idea of doing that. I did, we did get a, I forgot I cooked something this weekend too. Went to Costco. They had marinated chimichurri sirloin. Okay. Which, uh, they were very thinly sliced sirloin. And so, and they, there were four pieces of it basically by the time you got it out. Cause it was marinated in a bag. So it looked, it was basically kind of like fajitas, but it was sirloin instead of skirt we talked steak. about last time, like the pre marinated. Yes. Fajitas. Yes. Oh, I know. And this, this still turned out great. I mean, we're, we're going to eat all of it, but, um, it was a little bit trickier to cook because some of it was so thin. Like you just barely, you kissed you kissed it with charcoal and it was like 120 degrees. You're like, Oh gosh, I got to pull it off now. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, it's going to be just all well done. And it was, but that's fine. But the rest of it turned out really good. So, um, chimichurri, that's a good flavor. It's kind of got a tang to it. It's fun. It's sure. different. It's got the green. It's pretty. I also bought the wrong size TV this weekend. That was the other thing I learned. Okay, okay. Explain this. But how do you how did you buy the wrong size TV? Well, Saturday morning, we wake up, turn on the TV in the living room, and the whole the whole screen comes on, and then 
half of it goes out, like the left half of it goes out, and then the right quarter of it goes out. And so then there's just like a strip. It's like a 25% strip of TV that still works. And my my five-year-old, bless her heart, we can still watch it. We can still watch daddy. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. And you're just being nice. But no, we can't. <laughs> Three dead pixels. Samantha, we're getting a new TV. <laughs> yeah, no, and you're like, there's a strip here. And any little girl's like, we can still hold it. No, I feather hit it earlier. I saw it. Pixels are dead. We got to start over. I, I swore on, I just, I never even checked it. We, um, we went to uh, Costco. So it went out on Saturday. We went to Costco that day, that evening, because we were going anyway. And I looked online like, yeah, we'll get one of these TVs. We'll get a Samsung. We'll get one the same size. And because I, you know, we got home late and I was like, ah, we'll, we'll mess with it. So it just sat in the box in the living room Saturday, Sunday afternoon, because we were busy all Sunday morning and afternoon. (sighs) I finally get around to putting it up and I realized, gosh, this thing's, this is weird. This isn't quite right. This bracket's weird. The bracket's not working anymore because I have it hung over my uh, fireplace. And by the time I get it put up, I'm like, gosh, this just feels, you know, why is it so much heavier? They usually are lighter. And it hung over the mantle, like it hung too far down. And I can't move my bracket up because then it hits the electrical box. And so that was when I finally was like, you know, what size was that old TV? (laughs) And I, I bought one five inches bigger. Because I'm an idiot. So look at the box here. Your that's original. The, no, that's the correct one. I went yeah. back. So I raced because Costco was going to close at 6. And this was like 3.30 or 4 on Sunday. I got to repackage this TV. I know. That was exactly what I did. <laughs> My wife helped me out. And she was really she was really nice and, and helpful with me because I was just like so mad at myself for being an idiot. Well, and, and I, I, I'm trying to put myself in that same, like Samantha would have been like, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll go return this. It's, it's, it has to happen all the time, ta- all the time. And I'd be like, <laughs> just like steaming. Pretty much. That was it. That was it. It, and even, even my wife, bless her heart. She was like, well, I mean, we can figure out how to rework the bracket and try to, you know, try to get it to where it's not hanging over the mantle. I'll show you after we're done recording what it was doing. And, and I looked at her and I was like, no, I got to take this back. She's like, oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah, that's really the thing we should do. We should really take it back. It's like, yeah, yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to. She was going to try to make it work because she knew how frustrated I was at myself. But anyway, so I did take it back. I just bought another one that was there. I bought a different brand because I liked where the bolts were for the bracket better. And I bought actually a five-inch smaller TV because apparently 60s are kind of an odd size now. So 60s is what I had. I could have swore I had a 65. Bought a 65. It was too big. I'm an idiot. Returned it. Came back with a 55. I can't tell the difference really with it hanging up there. And it's a Roku one, which you're crazy. There's like I love my Roku. There's TV. like a thousand I, channels on Roku for free. Except for, so our, our brand of Roku TV, it, it, TCL, it's actually really highly recommended and rated. Outside of the fact that their remote only works within like six inches of the TV. Oh no. They're like literally like you, you have to use the remote to turn the TV on. So like you just go up to the TV, turn it on, put the remote down, use your phone, open the app on your <laughs> phone. Cause you can get it wherever, wherever the heck you want. 
we went with the Hisense and I was like, ah, I don't really know this brand. I don't know. But I guess the it's Roku, okay. Like that, that platform of TV now it's like, cause we've always had it for a couple of years. I love it. Everything you'd want. Yeah. Disney plus Netflix, Hulu, YouTube, ESPN, Bally. Yeah. It has CBS. When, when people make apps for TVs, they, it's like, okay, we got to, this has to be available on Roku in Amazon fire and like Chromecast. And then everything else is a crapshoot. You know, most of it's available on Xbox, but not all. Most of it's on PS3, you know, PS5, but not all. And then, you know, your individual LGs and your Samsungs of the world, you know, they've, they've got a few of them, but not all. But well, yeah. Like, like the integrated, like it may be LG that has like a Roku like. Yes. They have some sort of channel thing. I never messed with it. I had that TV for almost six years and was like, I'm not going to mess with this. I don't know what this is. Roku is the way to go. Especially if it's built into the TV, you don't have the box. Like yeah. Fire stick. Well, and I was all like high sense. I've never heard of this. I don't know. Come to find out the TV, the, box right now. the TV Looks I nice. helped my mom buy this from one? Walmart was a high sense Roku TV. I helped her buy it. We loaded it up and I set it up at her house and the freezer that is has been in our garage for like three or four years from Costco is high sense. <laughs> so it's like, oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> this brand go. is, I've actually heard of this. I actually even own some stuff. Anyway, yeah, buy the right size TV, people. Yeah. I was going to wrap up one, one last thing. We we listed our, our house in the market oh, Thursday yeah. afternoon, accepted an offer Saturday morning. Did oh, a listener buy it? Over asking. No, I don't think so. <sighs> They're paying for all kinds of stuff. Inspection tomorrow. So I got to get out of the house. Thanks for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, getting you ready for the Statesboro Regional. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.